enter the crib. Your strike back sit rep starts in three, two, one. Wait, do we go on zero? Welcome back, guys. It is hard to believe, but this is the final strike back sit rep review. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Deb. And yeah, this is, I think, going to be a tough one. It's hard to believe it's over. We do have good stuff for you, as always. We have behind-the-scenes facts from Jack Lothian. We have Dan McPherson stop by to talk for one more time why it was all Wyatt's fault. We have two <laughs> interviews for you. We have editor John Richards, who I have to say for a, like, I don't know what I was expecting behind-the-scenes guy, uh, but he gives a phenomenal interview. That was really <laughs> great. Uh, and then, of course, we have the lovely, amazing, talented Alin Sumerwata. Uh, this is coming out. Yeah, this is coming out on Saturday. On Wednesday, you will get to hear from the uh, baddie Ariana Damachi. Ivana is going to have her own special podcast next Saturday. Uh, a week from now, we are doing our final sort of series in podcast with Jack Lothian. So we have him. Our fellow cribmate Kim is on, and we have a little special guest stop by, too. And then a week from then, <laughs> we have the boys. <laughs> Dan and Warren will be on together. Uh, you know, a lot of fun. So we are trying to, you know, it's a serious finale. We're trying to give you guys lots of content to kind of uh, help ease the pain a little bit here in the beginning, because we know we're all going to feel the pain. And Kelsey forgot that we are, because it was so much fun last year, we are having our fan roundtable again this year, too, which was awesome last year. So we're hoping it's going to be even more fun this year because we might have a couple specials thrown in there, too. So Yeah, so it should be fun. Yeah, so we've got like a month's worth of podcasts for you guys to <laughs> strike back still to come. So, yeah, so lots of stuff coming for you guys. We uh, are still trying to figure out what comes next. We're still going to be around, still supporting, you know, the Strike Back team that has meant so much to us. But, you know, trying to add in some other stuff, we're not quite sure how that's going to look. So um, we will get there. We know we've got Warrior coming up, at least. We're yeah. not quite sure when, but we know that Warrior will be back for a second and seemingly final season. And there's a couple other things that HBO Cinemax does actually still have on tap. So hopefully yeah. we'll bring in you some of that. Yeah. So we're, we're figuring it out. Thank you guys for sticking with us for, for all of this. We're going to try not to get too... Uh... Oh, don't make empty promises. Okay. Kelsey. All right. All right. We're probably going to get sappy. Um, yeah. So, okay. Let's just jump into it. Oh, spoilers, as always. Uh, Deb. Series finale. What'd you think? Yeah. I I think <laughs> there's that part of my brain that is just saying, there's no way this is a series finale. We've been told this before. There's no way this is real. But it does appear to be real. So we're going with that. Yeah, I was not sure coming out of episode nine where this was going to go and, you know, how they were going to, how they were going to wrap that up. They just seemed to be out of options, seemed to be out of, you know, places and people to turn to. And certainly it left, it left me pretty emotionally devastated. Um, but I certainly did not expect them to go mer right? mercenary. Like, oh, okay, let's, let's just screw everybody and try to steal millions of dollars. 
like, where did that come from? But, you know, I guess there was still some, at least they had a little ancillary mission of revenge, <laughs> kind of, you know, loosely associated with that. But I think it basically just showed us that when they stopped believing in their mission, it all went to shit. Yeah. Not, not that it hasn't been pretty much shit all season. <laughs> I don't know that we've ever had a season where absolutely everything goes wrong every single time they're out there, but it did seem to be this season. So yeah, I was a little, little surprised by the direction it went. It did make it kind of fun. It gave sort of a, a good platform for there to be equal parts humor and angst and action. And I mean, we certainly had our fill of action for this oh for gosh. a series finale. But <laughs> so, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, was little, I was a little surprised by the actual ending. I will say that, yeah. that I was kind of like, it really left me feeling like something was missing. Yeah. You know, it didn't have that celebratory end that Scott and Stonebridge had it it didn't have that expectation of of more but it left the door so wide open so I'm hopefully hoping that door is wide open for a reason or it's just you know it's just Jack yeah yeah what what did you think yeah I mean some some along the same I think that a series finale is really difficult because some people want it all tied up in a nice little bow some want everybody to get a happy ending uh, this is not a happy ending type show. You know, there's, I think it's a hard thing to do. I think this season has been spectacular, and maybe it was simply that this had a lot to live up to because you had like nine A plus episodes. Mm -hmm. That this felt like to me, we got a lot of really good stuff. I mean, a lot of really good stuff, and, and probably 90% of it, 95% of it. But there was some stuff that left me, like, Wyatt having a sudden change of heart. And it felt like we've been watching him go darker and darker and darker for the last several seasons. And, I mean, ending last week on that terrible, when he kills that Russian spy, that look on his face was so... I mean, and then he has some kind of huge change of heart in the four months that we don't see him. And I don't think character growth off camera is a great idea um so I do I had kind of an issue with that unfortunately going in and then ending yeah it I'm not sure I understood Novin leaving I don't know it yeah it felt like there was there was an emptiness there that I wasn't sure I believed maybe um and which is unfortunate because, again, it's been, a, like, the most incredible season. I've said that. It's, like, my favorite season. Um, I, I've said that n- numerous times. And it has so many magical moments. And this episode had a lot of really magical moments. But it felt kind of like mm-hmm. it was capped on either end with, like, meh, a little bit. Which is, mm-hmm. on the other hand, maybe it's just me being picky because it's a series finale and I'm really fucking pissed that this show that I love is ending (laughs) and I could be projecting a lot of extra emotion and need and anger and (laughs) grief on that so uh, so all of that is also possible as well nobody died nobody else died 
that that last nobody else (laughs) that last shot it left me so confused that that last shot i kept expecting you know the the um the rise shot from Mm -hmm. the drone i was looking for some action on the edges of that shot because it was just so mm, what yeah (laughs) i kept thinking okay i mean a drone shot like that is pretty purposeful so why do we need to see everything around it is it just now they're out into the wide world or is something going to happen? And I kept thinking something more must happen. There, there has to be something to wrap it up. But yeah. you know, there is no wrap, and it's hard for me to believe that that's not intentional. Yeah. yeah I mean, obviously it's intentional, but um, you know, is there some larger intention behind that? And I'm sure it's just me wishful thinking. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Of hope that refuses to die. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. That's exactly, and that's what I'm hoping on as well. That's my like hopeful fan theory is that this didn't that this this was left that way so that someday we could pick up with them again um and also you know i think maybe it was a trying to subvert your attention you know you know your expectations that you know you expect there to be something there i mean that's yeah as you describe it like seeing baddies come in or or a missile streak down or and or something you know but but we didn't get that because their world has changed. Um, right. I don't know. And now we have four operatives out there. Yeah. In six. limbo. You know, much. I mean, we we left six. If you include Stonebridge and Scott. Oh, okay. I, I was just <laughs> meant yeah, this no, season. Yeah, but we <laughs> obviously do. Yes. And I was going to say because we left, they were obviously out there in limbo too. But at least we had a solid emotion to connect with yeah. them. You know, that it was behind them now. They were going to move on and, and do something. Not necessarily what they ended up doing. but uh, And now we just have, you know, Zarkova, Coltrane, Wyatt, and Novin. And they're just there. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there, I don't know. There had to have been something left on the cutting room floor for that to have made more sense to me. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think so. I think, okay, so let's, let's. So we do want to say we still, you know, I think yeah, it was a kick-ass episode. I mean, there's some beautiful shots, some amazing action, horses, (laughs) boats, helicopters, (laughs) everything. You know, I love the horses. I loved uh, when when Wyatt's like asks him like, "You can ride, right?" And like, just like Jamie or Coltrane's like little smirk and like, "Eh," you know, which I thought was cute. I yeah, I love anything with a horse, so I was happy. But yeah, I guess we should actually, yeah. So fight fight of the night for you. Uh, definitely going with the opening fight with Nobin, just because it was <laughs> it just seemed endless. I mean, it, it, I was shocked the, when I went back, I can actually sort of timed it out that it wasn't, it, it felt like it went on for 15 minutes, yeah. but it, clearly it didn't. It was really only a few minutes, but man, I can't imagine how long that must have taken to shoot. And, you know, was there even more that we didn't see because it just felt endless. Yeah. And again, the focus on personal vengeance, you know, yeah. that, that really was her, you know, vendetta for, for genders. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going with that because that was just one woman badass <laughs> kicking everyone's asses. Yeah. And she was great. Yeah, she was. She was always so fun to watch fight. And then you show up. Then to make finally make it home and oh look and she made you dinner. 
That's oh. so funny. So I'm going to go with Wyatt beating up the Russian by the truck. Because mm -hmm. I loved, you know, I just, it looks like a good, like, slug him out fight. But the best part was, you know, when they separate and the Russian, what does he say, like, drop it. Let me see what you're made of or whatever. And why it's just like, boom, and like, shoots him. And I was like, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Just done. I know you don't believe in, in killing anymore. But uh, I was, I like that. Just that. Fuck it. They're just done. They don't want to do this. Like, he, has, he, has, he doesn't have to prove himself in that way. Right. Um, it kind of reminded me of in Captain Marvel at the end when you have Jude Law's character kind of like wanting her to not use her powers just to, to, to fight him, you know, like normal person, normal person, show me what you got. And she's like, I don't have to fucking prove anything. Boom. You know, like whatever. <laughs> and so this was kind of, um, I thought that was a cool moment. All right, then, uh, your favorite emotional moment. <sighs> I think I, there was actually quite a, a lot of emotion in this. Um, but I think the, the moment that, you know, just sparked the most, most emotion in me, which made me laugh out loud, was the similar moment with Damachi mm. when <laughs> at the end, when Coltrane goes in to finish it. Yeah. Um, and, you know... <laughs> She turns around like, oh, I've been waiting for this big final confrontation and I'm going to give the big speech about how we're really, you know, two sides of the same coin and we can join forces. And the same thing. It was like, fuck you. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, no, that's not why I'm here. And it was just this great sort of real world treatment to, you know, it in television and dramas and action, you get this all the time, the big final monologue speech yeah. from the baddie. And in the real world, no. I'm just here to shoot you. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, thank you. Don't want to hear it. <laughs> just be done with her. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. So I have a, I, I, uh, I had a lot of trouble picking this one because there were two yeah. sort of moments that stood for me. The first being uh, Novin in the casino when mm -hmm. she when the guy asked her about like hacking the system and, and was she says like I had a friend she was very good at that uh and I would that like the end when you know when he she's like asking like what happened to her the body that mm -hmm. was a lot but then I think maybe more I'm cheating by saying both <laughs> was <laughs> in the boat when she's been shot and why it's trying to take care of her and we see her, you know, kind of doing her Novin thing, like, get your fingers out of me and, and mm -hmm. you know, just a scratch, boss, just a scratch or whatever. And his, Wyatt's responses to her, though, felt like there was no joking in his voice. You know, right. when he's like, don't do nothing stupid or whatever. There was not that, it was not banter. You know, mm -hmm. there was so much, like, he thought she was going to die in that. And that just really, and of course, then I get emotional because I'm like, oh my God, they're going to kill Novin too. So maybe that, oh God, it's all. <laughs> it's too much. Okay. Biggest what the fuck moment? The truck. <laughs> the truck. What the heck? The truck. Oh my God. Like, Seriously, uh, we've got this truck 
they have no idea it's full of money, but hello, it's a truck, which means there's also an exit nearby, which means, you know, clearly people using this truck to get in and out all the time. And we need, we're fighting for our lives here. We desperately need to make it out of this huge ass tunnel system. So do we take this truck sitting here ready to go? Or do we hoof it with 8,500 pounds of, you know, useless money, which they don't know, <laughs> hanging off our, our arms with these long straps with, in a completely non-military way that they would have done that. And, you know, eke our way through these tunnels on, on foot with a hostage. Let's see, what should we do? <laughs> Let's go with plan B. <laughs> like that i forget what is it a insurance commercial or some something where it, it's a spoof of scary movies and the the dumb blonde is the one who says why don't we just take the car yeah 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 that's right <laughs> like, i forgot about that yeah yeah okay that was just so like, it was so, it was like this huge elephant in the tunnel yeah <laughs> oh my god. That is so funny. And I will say that the having these loosely attached you know, these bags full of money that are flying all over the place with the straps, it was like, no, no military person would ever do that. You get those things as close to your body as you can. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. That was a big oh. one. Yeah. And that they walked right past it, frankly, in the beginning without checking the bag. Because that felt like I mean they're so good at like securing an area, but they're mercenaries now, so, <laughs> so <laughs> discipline goes out the window. As every merc we've come up against. <laughs> um, okay, so since you said that, I'm gonna say my biggest what the fuck was that the money was fake and yeah, not that like. Was awesome. Oh, I just that was amazing it, when they and why it's like that he like does. <laughs> it's just like oh, I shouldn't laugh, but it's it is funny. Um, you idiots got Novin almost killed and slogged through all of that and did all of that for paper. Not great. It really was great. Okay. And it was such a statement on, you know, we, we with this meaningless act, just completely crossed the line into no good territory. You know, we have, we've abandoned all pretense that we are good people. <laughs> and, and it completely backfired on them, which was great because I mean, it, it, it let you know that they probably weren't ever going to go that direction again, but yeah. Yeah. And thank, and I'm really happy it didn't happen earlier in the season and that people's, you know, that Chetri's death would have been a result of that or, right, right. you know, that, it, that it, making that, that decision to go mercenary only put them themselves on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought that was good, but <laughs> it still was, Oh, yeah, the money. That was so <laughs> That was that was brilliant. I love and like I said, there's I had some complaints about the episode, um, or we both did, but it I mean the stuff the boat chase was like just unbelievably beautiful to watch. That was so cool. And and the forest and the music, oh my god, when they're going through yeah. that forest and that was so emotional and, and then Coltrane's like leg gets hit and why it's got to be hurting from that stab, like in his collarbone mm -hmm. or what? And then just, it was, yeah, that was, and it's like the drone pans off from the forest, and I just was like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. I it did was like, brilliant. I did like the throwback. There, I mean, there were several little throwbacks in that scene, 
to the Scott and Stonebridge scene, like yeah. like the leg tag and you know that all those little injuries. That, it was all such a throwback. And Jack was great in this season, in giving so many little bits of throwback to previous seasons and that even the final scenes that yeah. was that was cool you know the That's final just, shootout yeah it was really incredible all right guys well that is it for episode 10 uh next up you got your behind the scenes facts from jack i hear from dan mcpherson then john richards and alin sumerwata and don't forget you have more coming in the next you know few weeks so strike back is is only sort of done uh, <laughs> so <laughs> more to come. Still in other parts of the world. So. Yeah. So, all right, guys. We've got Overwatch. Jack's facts coming in. All right, welcome back, neighbors. We are here for our final Jack's facts, which makes me very sad, but they're still fun. The horses were a request from Jamie. By this point, we'd basically accepted we were making a Western, so they'd fit it in nicely. <laughs> I love the horses. Yeah. All right. Before Novin enters the restaurant, she passes a security guard with a tattoo on his neck. This is Damien Bryson, who was also Max's stunt double, as well as playing a number of bad guys over the years for us. He's been in everything from Thor Ragnarok to Pirates of the Caribbean. We've been blessed with our stunt performers, Attila, who doubled for Wyatt, Ellie for Novin, and Rosalie for Katrina, as well as them playing numerous baddies for us as well. We couldn't have made the show without them. So awesome. So awesome. Yeah. There were a lot of tough cuts in this episode to fit the running time, from a much longer prison sequence at the start to an extended section in the woods near the end. Hardest of all was a flashback to Wyatt's time as mercenary, a hard-boiled slice of action revealing just how cold-hearted and lost he'd become. Hopefully, one day these scenes will see the light of day as they were genuinely painful to lose in the edit. Well, that explains some things. Yeah. That, I think, maybe was an unimportant. <laughs> okay. When the team looked down on the town of Nova Galinsk, directed by Fraser McDonald, they were actually mm -hmm. looking down at some of the boat sequence being shot, directed by Bill Eagles. A truly odd moment where it was like they were looking down at their future selves. That's pretty cool. Ooh, sort of a Debs moment. Yeah. <laughs> I love Or <that>. Deus. <laughs> Welcome back to Mark Wolf, who flew the helicopter for us. He was with us in the final block last season, handling second unit on the convoy attack sequence where Pavel got sprung. Mark's responsible for all those awesome Mission Impossible helicopter sequences as well. The moment Bill saw that river by the town, he was keen to get boats and helicopters in, and all the pieces started to fall into place. Some of the insert shots in the escape sequence were directed by a hot young director oh. called Warren Brown. <laughs> <laughs> the song that plays after Ariana's shot is a Mexican folk song called Cancion Mixtexa, written in 1915. There's also a version of it played by Ry Cooter and sung by the late, great Harry Dean Stanton in Wim Wenders' classic 1984 flick, Paris, Texas. Aw, Harry Dean Stanton. Mm -hmm. I was just watching Big Love, and he's so freaking awesomely evil on that. <laughs> uh, when Coltrane talks about the Boko Haram lieutenant on the run, it's a teaser for a season we'll sadly never get to see. Mm -hmm. 
Why is he on the run? What does he know? And how does it tie back into Section 20, past and present? No idea. But we would have had a hell of a good time finding out. Let's face it, though, it's probably the Russians. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay. The song at the end is Getting Nowhere Fast, a 1980s post-punk single by UK band Girls at Our Best. Lyrically, it felt like an apt choice. Only when I Googled the lyrics to send them to HBO, I realized I'd got them wrong all these years. <laughs> but Strike Back was always a punky little show punching above its weight. It still felt right. <laughs> the final rising shot would originally have been revealed to be satellite footage. Oh, jeez. Hmm. Some unknown government agency keeping an eye on our three heroes, suggesting that even though they were done with the life, the life quite wasn't, wasn't quite done with them. In the end, though, it was such a beautiful shot that we didn't want to ruin it. Oh, man. It kind of gives that feeling anyway, so I'll take it. All right, guys, that's it for your Jack's Facts. Stay tuned for Dan. We're not at Xfil. Stay with us at the crib. Wyatt, you guys go in there to get this big old cash payday, and you're Bravo One, so mm-hmm. kind of your responsibility to be on top of the whoa, details. Whoa, 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 Bravo One is just a name. It's just a. <laughs> uh, it's just Coltrane's the that's boss. That's totally how the military Nova works. Doesn't listen. Just Nova a doesn't name. respect authority anyway. So let's be honest. It's meaningless. There's only three of us left. Coltrane's like, get the team together. Well, there is no team. There's you and me and Novin, and she's been better, you know. And so, look, let's not get caught up in Bravo 1, Bravo 2 bullshit. You know, Max gone. We've grieved. We've moved on. It's cool. We're going to get... (laughs) We're going to get $250 million of Russian money and get perhaps our revenge on Ariana Vinci. Now, I don't want to give too much away, except... Give too much away. The episode's over. <laughs> we all know you didn't check the money. <laughs> Walk right past that fucking model. truck. Boom. Uh, anyway, we we realized that uh, the money we've stolen and nearly all been killed for and been attacked by helicopters and escaped up a river in speedboats and been ambushed by and walked through, ambushed in the middle of a forest, all this stuff, find out is only Jack Lothian could write, money's fake. The money's fake. The money's fake. And if you saw my Instagram story, you may have seen my voiceover uh, revoicing ADR of that final moment where you discover that the money is fake. But why it does, as Bravo One, is walk straight past the big truck that Eric has full of $250 million of real money. And... The fact that each member of Section 20 has not gone off and bought their own private island with millions and millions of dollars in stolen Russian money is actually Wyatt's fault because he got into a fight with Domovoy and actually was badass and, like, shot him in the head um, in a very cool kind of fist handicuffs, fisticuffs, handicuffs. Uh, that's what we call it on set. When they say, hey, do you want to do a really good hand-to-hand combat fight? Go like, oh, fisticuffs, handicuffs. Um, <laughs> and then that got distracted. Yeah, that's it. With a little little flick of the wrist. Um, 
but the uh, and then Ariana comes out and and Wyatt got distracted all the time. They're standing there with three bags each of what they believe is their future, while behind them, literally like two meters away, is uh, two hundred fifty million dollars of cash that they should be stealing. And had they have gone, hey Ariana, why don't we just take jump in the truck, truck. and drive out in the truck? Well, we could all hide in the back and you could be Ariana DeMarchi and just drive out of your, which I think we discussed on, on set. And I Jack said, don't ever mention that again. So uh, I won't mention that again. This is me not mentioning that again. <laughs> You're like, I'm done. Oh, he can't do anything. <laughs> I'm pretty sure both of our notes say, why didn't they just take the truck? Yeah. Um, yeah, look, that's not what was, was in um, the script. It, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. The truck, uh, the truck wasn't meant to be there. Uh, we weren't meant to see it. It's uh, we were just thinking it. We had, we had, all, we had, we had our plan. We'd stick to our plan. And um, Coltrane, it was Coltrane's plan. Uh, I was only Bravo one, so um, I just, uh, I just do what the, the Colonel says, you know. Of and Coltrane was in charge. Irvin does what she wants. That's authority. You can't be in a position of authority if you've got no one to authorize over. And um, and so uh, so I was just talking to myself. <laughs> that's 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 where that's how, that's how Section Twenty disheveled. Right. Uh, I mean, Chet is used to listen to me, but oh, she doesn't anymore. She should listen to anyone. But um, which is sad. But, uh, Section Twenty we'll still on. broke. All Wyatt's fault. All Wyatt's fault. You know, but it's good. Though. I mean, when the show gets when the show gets brought back, just think of how many new characters they could fill. <laughs> how pleased you look! <laughs> You're so proud of yourself. On me, back to the crib. Welcome back, neighbors. We are so excited to bring you our first ever editor here, trying to give you an overview of the whole experience at is the editing process. So we've seen the finale and now (laughs) we, (laughs) oh yes we have. (laughs) We get to talk about the whole process with editor John Richards. Welcome John. Well, hi, thank you very, very much for having me on your podcast. Oh, so thrilled. Oh, I, I imagine I'm even more thrilled, honestly. It's, it's really, it really is great. You guys are such great lovers of the show. And, Aww. you know, you, you just, you analyze it and you talk about it and you're so positive about it. And uh, it's so great because, you know, as you guys know, our cast are terrific. They have been throughout all of the seasons. Uh, and I think it's great when people big them up because they work really what we've uh, what we get put in front of editors. One of the things we're here to talk about about this season, but um, I think it would be interesting for our listeners to know that you've actually been working on Strike Back almost from the beginning. I don't think you worked on the first season with um, Richard Armitage, but you've worked on it since Project Dawn. Is that correct? Exactly. I, so I came on into South Africa and I did block three in that year, uh, <gasps> which was fantastic <laughs> block to do. Uh, so I did, oh, it's, it was brilliant. Well, I mean, that was, uh, it was a bit of a baptism of fire for everyone with it because there was so much action and so many things going on in it 
that in the end, um, I ended up doing about 20 days of second unit directing because we didn't have a Fraser at that point. Oh, my gosh. So um, that was just marvelously great fun. So I got to go up to Springbok as well and get out of that darkened cutting room. Um, <laughs> and my, my co-editor, Mark Thornton, on that block, he had to do quite a bit of assemblies on mine. But uh, a very special block, you know, with Laura and um, Ian Glenn. They had a terrific. And, uh, um, and Tahir, who was just exceptional. I mean, he was, and I did quite a lot of stuff with him and quite a lot of the, the shooting and action stuff. So um, I got to play with all the toys. Oh, so did you get to, did you second you direct the, um, the big shootout scene between Tahir and Stonebridge? I yeah. <gasps> I did. Oh, uh, okay, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was loads of Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's, uh, just for the history of some of it was so funny because in the end we'd missed some shots. So it was really some very, very long days shooting in Cape Town, but we'd missed some of the uh, returning gunfire in the compound. And so we sh we went up to Springbok where we were filming the very end car chase bits and unexpectedly they had rain which had been the first time they'd had it that year and they shouldn't have had it and it was really awful so we were all on stand on stop and couldn't shoot anything so I came up with this plan of whereby we would just go and use this local garage and we'd put all the cars in and do all the big close-ups of some extra baddies shooting back at us so we did them in the rain in Springbok in the dark and they cut into the <laughs> compound sequence, which was um, uh, a real triumph <laughs> over what you could actually get. Yeah. Yeah, that that's seamless. amazing. Way to go. <laughs> Never would have known that. That's awesome. No, good, good. Then we got away with it. Yeah. <laughs> that feels like a classic uh, strike back story of like make do with what you've got because uh, everybody feels like a bit of a MacGyver uh, on strike back. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. Can you tell us a little bit, you know, we... I don't know if you've listened, some of our, you know, behind the scenes people, we like to ask sort of what you do as a job, just because if you're not in the industry, don't, you don't always know. I mean, we assume we know what an editor does. Um, it edits stuff. But <laughs> in general, when you get all the footage, you know, where does your job start and, and how do you proceed? Well, uh, I've got on my uh, Twitter handle, uh, I cut out the goofs and, off, and cut off the clapperboards and a little bit more. <laughs> and it's kind of because people don't really know what goes on. But when you've all seen episode 10, Bill, who's you know, both a great friend and somebody I've worked with many times now, uh, he shot the big sequence over about four days. And mm. he generated hours and hours of dailies. And it took me seven days just to get my first assembly out of it. Oh. So you, oh you're going through all, you're putting big blocks in place to begin with. Well, this is the bit of story that we need that goes from here to there. And then you start analyzing, well, what can I do to enhance bits of it? So, for example, um, are we allowed to give away spoilers now? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So when our wonderful Novin gets shot, actually having to find and construct what are the angles there so that the both the boys are worrying about getting the money in the bags or jumping on a boat and hot wiring that and actually keeping the focus of where 
Novin is and how she's in the middle of all this returning fire until she gets hit where we don't expect Novin to get hit. And so you're digging through, you know, most of the time, three cameras uh, running for, you know, three or four minutes each take, doing many, many takes. And then very often we run four little extra cameras, GoPros and all sorts of extra cameras to get all the big explosions. And so you're, you're delicately looking for those 10 frames and 12 frames of somebody shooting uh, so that you can connect the dots for somebody watching it. And that's really what the, what the job of the editor is. It's, it's a massive jigsaw puzzle, but you've only got a bit of the picture. And the action is on one kind of layer in that you, you, you want to make it immersive uh, and experiential and you want to be able to get in there. But the, the most brilliant thing about Strike Back and the way Jack puts it together is that it's about the relationships. And so it's how Wyatt cares for short stuff, how short stuff is worried about getting the money for him, but she doesn't really care about the money, how uh, Coltrane is there, I've got them into this mess, I've sold them this heist, we've got to get out of here, we're under an enormous odds. And they're, you know, they're such a group together um, that you're balancing that human storytelling, which I think has been all the way through Strike Back, whether you go back mm-hmm. to Project Dawn on any other yeah. one since. Totally agree. So how long, on average, does it take you to piece together an episode? Well, we're each of the editors, so there's usually two editors on a block, although sometimes that um, there can be a problem with that, and there's either more or less. And we get about 14 weeks, 13, 14 weeks in total to do one 55-minute episode. Wow. Yeah, no, it, it takes a long time. So I've, yeah. <laughs> I've done two episodes this year, and that pretty much kept me pretty full-time busy from May until at least the end of January, even into February. That's amazing. I I had no idea. I guess in my head, I know when you'd written and said you did the two episodes, in my head I was like, oh, I just assumed, oh, they're like editing all the way through. But wow, that's that's incredible. (laughs) I had a slight bit of a break because I was going to do block four at one stage. But Bill and I get on so well and we we kind of slightly engineered it a little bit so that we got the team back for the end. (laughs) Because I thought with my association with the the series which has just been fantastic i really wanted to do the last episode and i thought that's you know jack's gonna throw the kitchen sink at it so bill's <laughs> gonna have as much as he can to throw at it the guys are all want to go out and you know there's going to be the end scene as well uh, and i just thought i've got to try and get on that one so i'm i'm so pleased to have cut episode 10 the final final episode ever of strike back Oh. Oh. <laughs> There's a difference. tiny little ember of hope that will burn forever. Yeah. Well, you never know. Exactly. Yeah. If never enough people that. like this, you know, who knows? Uh, <laughs> it would be great. I, I'd certainly, I'd vote for it. We know how long it takes. Um, I guess I'd like to know a little bit more about who, yes, we know that you as an editor are there and, and that there's, you said, usually you work in teams, but 
who else is in on the final edit? Like, do you meet with the director? Obviously, you met with Bill, but, you know, does Jack come in and have a look at it? Do the suits have a look at it? How long does it take from what you think is the final product to it actually being the final product? Oh, yeah, right. So, I mean, the usual way is there's about, it's around about the five weeks for the shoot. And uh, at that point in time, I'm kind of holed up in the darkened room the whole time. And Bill and I are talking, Nuller and I are talking, um, you know, what's what they managed to achieve, what they didn't achieve, um, you know, what they've had to do a little bit of rewriting from. We all look at some of my very first assemblies. Jack gives notes back. Generally, he's apart from us. And so that's done via emails or a call. And for the last two series seasons, we haven't been able to be on location. But before then, we've always been on location. So you're seeing everybody at the end of the night. And that's really good when you can do that because you, you really do get a, a personal in, interaction. But yeah, Bill sees what we see every week and we get some notes back. But generally, if you're on a kind of a good place with it, then you just carry on and you make your choices. We can't, because we know what the story is and we know what you know the show requires, I find that quite, uh, I, I wouldn't say easy, but it's something that you know I feel confident and capable of doing and that there, I will raise issues if there's something we're missing and anything that the guys have got as a concern, you know, Jack, Nuller, Bill, any of the other execs, then I'm fairly confident that we can address it. Mm-hmm. And then once we've finished the shoot, I get a few days, three or four days, to kind of fine-tune it, put some music, temporary music on it, and make it into the editor's cut. Uh, and that's... It's not like I would go, this is what I want to show, but it's that raw block of marble that's got a a shape to it. So we know what the statue's going to be in the end, but it isn't all really finely polished. Mm -hmm. And then Bill comes in for the first, uh, or whoever the director is, but Bill comes in in this instance, and he goes, well, I wanted to try and get this. I didn't want that. I didn't like this. I do like that. I remember a really great moment from Alan here. Can we try and get that in? And so by the end of about 10 days after the shoot, we've got something that we start to show to maybe Nula first and then Jack. And we start to get into a process of notes where we'll all, um, everybody feeds off everyone. I mean, the one thing I would say is Jack knows exactly what Strike Back is, you know. Mm-hmm. Strike back, it says on the tin what it does. Jack knows it, Jack understands it, and he is really great at letting us all show him things and try things and change dialogue around. But at a certain point, Jack goes, no, we've got to do this in this way. And you go, okay, I get it. I'm yet to find an example where you go, even when I really thought at the beginning, no, he's got it wrong there. By the end of it, you've gone, yeah, hmm. bugger, he got it right. <laughs> Damn Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was, he and I and Bill, we sort of, we were slightly on opposite sides with the um, the tree fight shootout because mm-hmm. Bill and I, and I, I sort of said to Bill, I really think that 
the end of the the blowing up of the the boat and them jumping off that's kind of it how do we how is this forest scene topping it and so for a long time we were 50 50 on whether or not we'd keep it in or uh, actually lose the scene and go straight into um into the pub the, the little cafe mm -hmm. thing but uh at the end of it i was really glad that we got that final shootout um, and we were able to find enough time out of the schedule because um you know there's there's a, a finite amount that the episode can run to so you're trimming all over in order to be able to get it in but but yeah i sort of argued against having the tree fight in and jack was i'm having this tree fight i'm having this tree fight and um, <laughs> he's right sorry <laughs> <laughs> I do think it adds to the sort of feeling of desperation mm. that they have. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to vote with Jack, too. Well, the, the, <laughs> there were many things that were really good about it. Um, you know, not least the fact that Novin was only just able to hold on and, you know, and she's yeah. able to get shots off and still fighting right to that very end sort of point for her that made it, you know, absolutely it should be there. But, you know, I had a cut that was over 70 minutes and you're just not yeah. allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> no, you can do it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you start shouting for the, you know, the full cuts or whatever, the extended versions, I'm in there. Um, but I, I do think the end versions are always better um, because the tighter it gets and the more... Uh, intense it gets it's it's really good yeah although we'll, we'll just start it instead of like the snyder cut we'll call it like the the richard cut. <laughs> please give it to us come on come on jack yeah. well no, well maybe who knows yeah <laughs> so we won't be mean about it but you do get blamed for a lot of the like oh, cool. this ends up on the cutting floor this ends up on the cutting floor yeah. well we know yeah. so but strike back like you said it has to be tight you have to have it walks this very fine line between being this all-out action show, but an action show that has so much humanity and emotion and heart to it, but it's in these like little potent droplets. So I'm wondering how, when you're as you're editing and you're seeing these sort of big, clunky walking scenes with you know with lots of dialogue that all the cast says, we know that's going to get cut. Mm. <laughs> how how you go about sort of making sure to walk that line? Well, uh, so, I mean, sometimes there's information that you just have to get over. But I think, as you say, the uh, the cast have got this kind of rapport about things that you want to be with them. And you can't do the big action without having the pause bits. You know, there was, mm -hmm. there was one in last year's where they were walking through a forest on the, uh, on the way to blow up this tower in the... Mm -hmm. Jar Jar uh, episodes five and six and and it's really good and they're all calling to each other and you know Mac is saying be quiet you know keep quiet and yeah. and yet the uh, Katrina and Novin are still riffing on each other snarking yeah <laughs> and you just go that's great that's and that's where I say Jack knows it because that clearly looks like you could take the page out and you wouldn't miss it but we wouldn't have strike back. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's what's great. And it is that yin and yang that goes on all the time. 
you know, and either it was those two episodes, you know, seeing how they get from one place to the other and how they are all together. I know Bill's talked about it in the crib. It's it's sensational. You know, it really is. You know, I heard you you all liked um, the bit where uh, Novin said had the conversation with Wyatt after the plastic bag scene. Well, mm, yeah. you know, in four. I mean, that was terrific. And I, I remember having bigger goosebumps cutting that scene than I had doing the the plastic bag, which really hurt in the pit of my stomach while I was doing that. And I kept thinking, oh, we've gone too far with that bag on the head. But yeah. by the time... Us too. <laughs> yeah, well, indeed, yeah. Uh, but by the time we got to her saying I didn't want to die you kind of had to have got that far in order for that to have really landed with Wyatt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, Especially that makes me like emotional thinking about it. <laughs> in the previous season, we knew that she was at a very different place. That yeah. It, you know, she, she wasn't actually fighting to live. She was just fighting to be there. And yet, hey. you know, when it came right down to it and she was oh. facing it, she realized, hey, I want to live. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, absolutely critical conversation there but Um, that i mean sorry to interrupt that reminds me of then the scene in the prison with katrina where she says that exactly so so that's another one of my episodes i did that block with steve shill Uh, and that was fantastic so i I, and i'd gone from her towel fight which you know everybody goes on about how great a towel fight it is and it's really well choreographed steve shill another brilliant director that we've had on the se- on the series but you go into that prison and the way the two of them were talking and you just go they do get it and they are supposed to be other sides of the well you know other sides of the world really mm-hmm. um, they shouldn't be working together and yet they are collegiate uh, and and that is what makes the series for me. For us as well, yeah. And I'm wondering because, you know, we have this dream that someday we'll get to see all of the stuff that was left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> I mean, I have certain scenes where I'm just like, oh my God, I would love to see the raw footage for this. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you have a couple of scenes that you had to cut that are favorite scenes that you wish had made it in. Oh, throughout the whole series. No, that's that's very, very rare because I'll do anything to get... There's no favourites. <laughs> There's no favorites. It's like, as I say, with the woods and Jack. It was Jack's favourite, and we're going to make sure we get that in. I genuinely cannot think of something where I go, absolutely, we had to cut something that was, um, was just gold because you just can't, you know, these guys are so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there are loads of things that if you saw them, you'd go, "Gosh, I wish I'd seen that." And yeah, if you saw, you know, the full-length cut. I mean, you were asking a little while ago about um, the exec producers coming in. Well, I, I think one of the unsung heroes of the whole of Strike Back is Andy Harris, who mm-hmm. runs Left Bank, and he's our exec, and he absolutely loves the series. And and you and he asks the toughest questions. You know, sometimes we all joke that Andy's got a, a belt clip of hand grenades and he just comes in and, <laughs> and he comes and he sits and he watches it. And it's just like, who allowed that to go through? Why is that there? You know, and it's somebody's got to take one for the team there. 
but he's asking <laughs> the questions that a fresh viewer would ask. So mm. it's great when you see him watching something like the, uh, you know, the first cut. So he gets to see that sort of nearly 70-minute cut, say, of episode 10 that we put together. And in that, watching that on this season, I, I studied what he was doing. And he gets, he sits at the back of the cutting room and he's got the best seat and he's looking straight at the screen and the sounds either side, you know. He gets the perfect peachy place. And he's got his notebook and his pen out and he's twiddling his pen while it's going through. And after about five or six minutes... He clicked the end of the pen and he hadn't written anything down. I thought, oh, that's a good sign. We're doing okay here. And then after <laughs> another five minutes, he put the pen down. And then just after we got through the part break, he put his book next to him and he just sat and watched it. And he went, good, we got a great winner here. And yeah. so he's seen all of it. And there are longer scenes within it, um, you know, in the safe house. And that's what changes. It isn't so much that you cut a... Uh, you know, you cut an actual scene, but you cut some of the things that they all said to each other whilst maintaining, um, you know, the presence of what the banter is that goes on. That whole safe house scene, I'm guessing, but I think it was about 15 minutes beforehand. And then it comes down. And as you will have seen in 10, some of it then becomes overlaid as they go into the town. You don't lose anything that you really want to keep if you can possibly avoid it. Um, and you just try and use it in a creative way. Well, I think you've done a wonderful job. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy when you've got great stuff. I mean, it's certainly, um, you know, it's a heck of a lot easier when you, you've got a script that you know the guys like. You've got the quality of actors that we've got. You know, they... Yeah. Uh, if, if I was to say there were things that were dropped, especially when you've got you know, in a crib scene where you've got five of them all doing things, every single one of them, even if it's Chetri sat in front of a computer screen, she's doing something. And there are moments when you want to come round and see her and you want to see how Katrina huffs or, you know, looks over to, to Coltrane and you go, ooh, things smolder here. You know, the, all of those <laughs> subtexts that are going on, the guys are all doing stuff and they know that it isn't all going to make it. But if they put stuff in, then you've got a chance to go through and find your mix. And oh, that's when it's, it becomes great fun. And then, you know, we've got terrific people behind. You know, we've always got wonderful DPs. The, the pictures are always great. We've always got loads of cameras going out. So we've got usually got lots of alternatives. If we find something that we could really do with something that's missing, it's a quick call to Nula and, you know, if she agrees, it'll be on the shot list the next day or the day after and it'll be fitted in. And the relationship with the directors, as I say, I mean, I've worked with, you know, all the really good ones. Steve Shell's great, uh, Bill's great, Paul Wilmshurst's great. I've cut for him as well. It's just fun. What a way to live your life. <laughs> so I'm just really curious about over the season so you've worked on seven seasons what can you give us an idea of what you worked on during the seasons you, you worked as a second unit director as well as an editor so um yeah i mean i've always been an editor it just happened to be in that block uh there were all sorts of particular issues with the scripts were too big really for us to film but we were trying to film them 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and we needed extra resource out there. So, and that's when I think second unit really started to become an important part of strike back. And, you know, I mean, we usually get 10, 12 days in a block now, but certainly I am primarily an editor uh, mm-hmm. and uh, an editor on strike back. Um, I'm very proud and happy and pleased to have been. So from uh, Project Dawn, I did that um, block three. Uh, and then I did the slightly crazy block uh, where the IRA and there was the um, all in Budapest. And we were and it was when Warren came in and he was doing his cage fighting. Mm-hmm. That was another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I loved that scene. <laughs> yeah, that, that was good fun. That was really good. And then I've done Steve Schill's episode, which is the the plane, landing the plane. Mm-hmm. That was terrific. Novin flying a plane, yeah. and Katrina sitting in there, uh, and the towel fights and all that prison. That was a terrific, because I did both episodes really on that block. And then um, block, uh, is it block two on uh, this final season and the last block? So I've seen That's a lot. lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> It was fantastic to be around uh, Scott and Stonebridge. You know, Phil and Sully, and you know, I adored working. I got to know them really well, partly because we got to know them before they became such mega gods, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, because we didn't know what Strike Back was going to be like. But yeah, they they were just terrific, um, and that, um, they, you know, we always knew they were a Butch and Sundance kind mm-hmm. of team. Uh, and yeah. they really did riff off each other fantastically. And that whole Project Dawn ones, and I remember, you know, being out in that yard where all the uh, the shipping containers were uh-huh. and getting them jumping up on on top of the containers and running around and moving and shadows. And you would, we were making up the rules then, and that was great fun. That was really good fun. You guys were setting the bar. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it sounds like an, an amazing time, and it's kind of crazy that it's coming to an end. I and <laughs> I guess we'll ask you what we ask everyone, you know, uh, Deb's Philip Winter, Winchester question. Mm-hmm. And uh, for you, it's been particularly a long time with Strike Back. So over the years, what's, what's been your high and what's been your low? Uh, well, I can genuinely say there hasn't really been a low. I, I think, you know, when you get the call and somebody says, yes, you can you come back? And I didn't do the Malaysian season because uh, I, I was busy doing another show. And, I, you know, there's a, uh, definitely a part of me that regrets not being able to have done more of it. But that opening, uh, Project Dawn, was very, very special for me, partly because of how much I got to do on it but also because yeah. nobody knew what it was and we were making it up. Uh, and um, the Laura, all those scenes on the car with Ian Glenn and Laura and the little lad, mm. I, I mean, they were immensely touching because I, I shot some of those uh, actually in one of the township areas in Cape Town. And there were just thousands of kids all around. Um, and they were all just, you know, standing around, trying to see what it was, what was going on. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I remember them all. They all. They would all follow you and walk around wanting to, you know, 
I don't know, cedar guns and all that sort of thing. And I remember getting off the craft services trucks, getting uh, some of the sweets and giving them. And, and that was a, you know, a rod from my own back because you give a couple of kids a sweet and that's it. There's, there's, there's a <laughs> yeah. thousand. And in the end, I had to go and get the craft services guys to just go and get <laughs> a pile of sweets that I could give out to all the kids. So, that's awesome. uh, so that, that was a big high. But this final episode for me, just it feels like, uh, you know, even I feel I've cut it well. I really feel it's exciting. We've got helicopters. We've got boats. You're never quite yeah. sure where it's going to end. Mm -hmm. There were so many problems with it that, to you know, at one stage we just, uh, I don't know if anybody told you, but the the chase boat that was supposed to go on, that was supposed to be following uh, our three heroes, uh, it broke down after uh, the first two shots oh, on the first oh day. My God. Oh my God. And, and, and they just, back. yeah, there was none of it. And, and so they had to get this other boat that wasn't supposed to be the chase boats, which at least then followed them and was at speed. But there is just one tiny little bit in it where you can still just see there's the wrong boat behind uh, being towed. And it's this kind of green boat with the, a machine gun on the front in place. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll have to have a look for that. But So we had to get round all those things. And yet I don't think anybody is ever going to say that was a compromise sequence in any shape or form. No, it's very Bond. It is. And I, and I feel that you've got, we got to a point where you still got Mac and Wyatt riffing over, hey, we've still got a million, $15 million, you know, and we're still, yeah, don't die on us yet, you know, and they're still fighting as she's bleeding out and telling him to F off as he's uh, pushing on her stomach, you know. It's, uh, every bit of it just feels complete. Yeah. And so that's, well, that's lovely. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. A lot to be proud of. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, John, for spending so much time chatting with us. We, uh, such an honor to get to talk to you and, and so excited for that perspective and everything. So we appreciate it. Well, you're more than welcome. It's been a pleasure listening to you guys and oh, your love for the show is just fantastic. Um, so it's an absolute honor. It's my honor to oh, have been wow. asked. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you ever Thank want you. to smuggle right. out any of that deleted footage. <laughs> Sadly, I'd never work again if I did. <laughs> well, we appreciate it and hope you enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you very much. Cheers, Thank everyone. So enjoy fun. the last episode. We're not at Xville. Stay with us at the crib. All right. Welcome back, memers. I can't believe it is the end. And what better way to end our podcast than with none other than Alyn Sumerwata. Alyn, thank you so much for coming back on. <laughs> Ladies, thank you. Thank you. Seriously. The amount of work in podcasts and, and the people you interview, it's, it's, it's astounding. You, you, you definitely know more than I do. <laughs> we have and, the uh, Oh, I'm going to say, yeah, it's a bit intimidating having to come on here oh, a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's his 
been a, it has been a ride. It has been a blast. I if you had asked me three years ago if any of this would have happened, I'd have been like, wait, you mean I'm going to be looking at and talking to the people from my favorite show and not just running away? No, that's not. That will never happen. <laughs> So, so good on you amazing. what a story yeah uh, the the you know so it has been a blast uh we have loved watching you we are so glad that Novin lives um yes. you know <laughs> i am not sure that deb and i would say that it felt like a ending <laughs> It Definitely. did feel a little like loose at the end, but my hope is that that was simply Jack not writing himself into a corner. And we will see Novin and Stonebridge someday down the road. Uh, <laughs> he can, you know, maybe Coltrane wow. in there too, you know. Uh, people never die. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about episode 10. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is an incredible finale. That whole block is Bill Eagles, no less. <laughs> you know, it was it, it's truly a relief when you see that name as the up and coming director for it. It's just like, yes, he just he knows the show. He knows and he knows how to get it on the day. And that's what's when, when it's when things run so tight and fast um, on this show to have someone with that kind of master precision as to what he needs for that shot and, and be so clear and concise with his direction is paramount. I, I, I truly value him. So, yeah, it, it is. It is a ride and a half. Gosh, what are we? Yeah, we've, we've, we've killed the computer girl, haven't we? So we're on to 10. Um, <laughs> I'm still not over that. No, oh, too no. many lingering shots, like, on her head and, like, the blood oh, God, dripping the blood. down from that. And I was like, stop cutting back to that. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. It is, isn't it? It, it is just, oh, it's heart, heart-wrenching. We were all Noven that night and continuing yeah. on. That that was exactly the look on my face. Every single time I watched it was, no! <laughs> you broke me. That broke well, me. If only she brought one more C4. <laughs> oh, adore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, it was a hard one. It, 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 they, these conflicting, I mean, surely you feel it. As, I, get, I think I'm obviously too <laughs> attached that you read it and you're like, no, give me more. There's going to be more reason why I can't get that door open. Don't just make it bulletproof. But I guess that is the ultimate reason, isn't it? I mean, it was proof. What could you do? You really felt useless and helpless <laughs> in every way. There was no, um, there was absolutely no way around there was no way around it. Yeah, and except I think to I've... not have bulletproof glass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Except that's you know right. that writer. <laughs> never write have... that. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely know and believe that it's not what he intended. Yeah. You know, um, he when he when I read it, like everyone, <laughs> there was a flurry of emails, and um, mine might have been something like. <laughs> have fun telling um you guys that (laughs) let's try and keep that one a secret because um they'll be after you on that one yeah and and he said yeah there was just no he says I'm sitting here writing it and there's no way out for the Cora and yeah it, it truly was amazing I mean she and Ivana together were so good and it just I 
what an opportunity. I haven't seen the other seasons back again, to be honest, but I, I honestly, when I watched it, I, I, I truly was blown away and yeah. I, I don't like saying that this is my favorite, this is my favorite, this and that. I mean, because you always see it in whatever mood you're in, say. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that will stay with me for a very long time. It, the, their performances and, and this whole scene, the way it was shot, everything, mm-hmm. everything about it, what they, those women delivered in yeah. that scene absolutely blew me away. Blew me away. And it was devastatingly beautiful, wicked, wickedly beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, both Verada's little, you know, <laughs> smile through mm-hmm. that uh and that yeah. vicious grin that that Dimachi yeah. had oh. Oh, when she you... knew oh you defeated me whoa uh, oh. wicked as anything and um I was blown away it's really really one of my favorite scenes yeah yeah but hey the episode kicked off I mean we really left up episode nine feeling devastated but also feeling like we're my God, where where is this going to go? You know, how yeah. does this pick up after this? And and certainly was not expecting you to be standing in a casino or <laughs> where, you know, ready to spend the next what felt like a half an hour because it was such a massive fight. And I know it was probably only a few minutes, but my God, what a way to kick off an episode with just this like one woman rampage. <laughs> else can you I mean Jack and I we I talked to him about it and I was like come on man you didn't let me kill Zayef you fat me around my hair and that set off the whole chain of events I think <laughs> when she was at Venice I'm like just shoot the guy you know what I mean she shoots she shoots an innocent bystander and it's it's like all these things I'm like come on you get well, I didn't go after Mac I, I had a lot of uh, I'm developing chips constant chips on my shoulders. <laughs> Jack, you got to give me something, man. I'm I'm raging, and and I couldn't save Chetri. What am I? What am I doing here? <laughs> you feel helpless. You feel like I know. I know it's awesome for plot, but um, you. I, I mean, as a character playing it, you're like, come on, man. Like, honey, I, I need revenge. <laughs> and I don't know if that was exactly it, but um, it was something, I guess. Kill everything bastard in the room <laughs> you're like i need a win <laughs> death is a win in a way <laughs> isn't that awful but in 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 this in this currency of strike back it is isn't it like <laughs> it's not in life it's not in life but um on uh, yeah on the show it is and yeah it was um again um that scene yeah casino scene was it was it was a day at a casino which they shut down to shoot and um again the the stunt the stunt guys it's it's i love it they they are the people that make it work um ellie paul chapcott thomas damo actually thomas had left he'd had to go to another job and he came back to play someone i get to kill i don't know what he actually done on camera but (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah, no, it, it was it was a fun day. I gotta say, it really, really was. Again, with one of those things, with probably the most minimal prep I've had on, on any other, even less than the whole wow. fight. There was literally, wow. yeah, there was no time. We'd been just when when it and it was scheduled towards the end of the block as well. So yeah, things, <laughs> and you know, it gets filled up with other pickups from previous 
um, lock. So yeah, it, it's heavy, heavy, heavy schedule, and I don't know. I don't know what it serves. Just some form of, you know, nerve and state of mind, I guess. I yeah. kind of, I've, I've got nothing to lose, but yeah, I've lost everything, and there is a big shift in the in the um dynamic of the, of, of the three that are left. Is mm-hmm. you know you have Wyatt, who's dangerously just very zen. <laughs> weirdly um, then, yeah. weirdly eating my, yeah. eating my dinner and just yeah. sitting there and... what my favorite line for it's fucking frittata <laughs> frittata <laughs> yeah again another it's fucking frittata um, yeah <laughs> alliteration oh, yeah <laughs> and, and, and you see what, what is delightful is seeing Coltrane turn into a bit of a dickhead he yeah. literally just said, yeah. dickhead. <laughs> Boy, to me, when he brought that up, I'm like, wow, there is a guy who doesn't have much to live for anymore, if that's what he's going for. Well. These, they're interesting little twists, and I think that's what Jack will go for, I guess. He wants to not, obviously, go for the obvious, and that wouldn't have been an obvious to me. Um, and no, I never would have thought, what? They're going to... At the beginning of the season, if you'd said this is how it's going to end, I'd be like, uh, huh? <laughs> They're basically just turning into... Thugs. Thugs. And I, but I'm trying to think of the scene, the final with Scott and Stonebridge, when the guy was saying, what, you haven't, you've been doing this for how long and you haven't skimmed a little off the top? And what is it that they say? We're soldiers, not fucking thieves or something? Yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, man, they're not soldiers. They're fucking thieves. <laughs> <laughs> really inept thieves, though. Sorry. <laughs> Terrible thieves. Just, like, walk past the money, walk past the truck, steal the, truck, the wrong money. talk about the truck. Why? Was this at all discussed on set that there's this <laughs> truck sitting right there? <laughs> Nobody's going to look in the truck. There's also an exit somewhat close if you can drive a truck from it. <laughs> Instead of just getting in the truck, we're going to go ahead and run the same, like, six miles we just walked to get in here. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I think by then there's some kind of, you know, that's coupled with the location we were in, that horrendous, horrendous place that we were in. I think everyone was just, let's just, I think that's a way, actually. Any, any, um, if, if, if anyone wants to have my two cents or advice about how to shut actors up put them in a shithole <laughs> and then they'll stop asking you tactical um questions or tactical qualifications for that you know for why that's happening because <laughs> um, maybe by then we just was like let's get out of here this place was just the most morbid i mean yeah. Jack shared us a picture of the pentagram that was, yeah. like, drawn Ooh. somewhere in the bo- basement of the building or whatever. And I was like, what? <laughs> what terrible place. That was this very <laughs> morbid moment Dan and I had. It was when we were, her, him, Jamie, and I were about to blow the door, blow the fucking door. <laughs> and I was sitting there as we were waiting for it to set up. These things were dripping on our heads and looking around and just, you know, we go, what, what is this hole? I can't. Look. <laughs> I'm sure it was safe. I'm sure it was all checked out. Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't go with that. I'm like, do they have the same safety standards there? I don't know. Yeah. I, I have to say this. I'll let me say. It. But no, look, it, it was. Um, 
as Jamie lightly puts it, grim. <laughs> and yeah, we're. <laughs> I said, "What is this?" <laughs> Dan turns to me and says, "Maybe it should be called Strike Back: Asbestos and Divorce." <laughs> so hard it was so very therapeutically uh, open moments that I could not it was all it was just real delirious you know yeah <laughs> and um so yeah there, there's a lot of things we had to stop questioning because we just needed to get through the day you know it was it was awful and everyone the crew the grips everyone lugging that equipment into that space and Oh, yeah, horrible. I, I've never posted, you know, usually maybe five or six. I can't remember. Everyone had, you know, like the black site was shot there with Chetra and they had their own days there and then we had our own days there. Um, it was used quite – I mean, it was, it was obviously open to be used. <laughs> no one else wanted it. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, – yeah, like, I, I don't often comment or post – truths about our location we we tend to kind of make light of things and put up the funny side of things but that yeah I, I remember posting one of Martina our, our cast assistant and it was like hugging me and holding me and I was like I don't care I'm putting this up because that was hell that was <laughs> that was a hell I don't want to go back to yeah so yeah we, we weren't we weren't about to question why <laughs> Like we don't care about the truck. Just go. Just go. Just go. Just go. Where's the money? Oh, money. Okay. Who cares? Just go. No. We do. I mean, we we constantly. We are. We are always. Ask Jack. Ask any director. We're always. Yeah. <laughs> onto them about things and questioning things and um, trying to, you know, obviously um, find truth and accuracy in both the storytelling and and in what you do as real life soldiers. Yeah. And there's that fine balance, I think. Obviously, that it's very hard to always. You, you, we call it little wins or battles, but you don't always win. Yeah, <laughs> and you just hope that no one notices, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I honestly think nothing will be the first season in the f- when when Dan and Warren jump into the water and then climb into the boat and their shirts are dry. <laughs> I was like, guys water just a little water and I know I know it's not y'all's fault it's not their fault Dan definitely is like don't bring that up again um (laughs) so we'll take a truck it's okay that is funny you know and funny you bring that up because um the water thing we (laughs) the three of us when we had to shoot that wood scene um (laughs) we were asked to be dry for it and 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 it was scheduled on um second unit um crew so we didn't have all the access to what we would normally on a main unit you know so it was hard it was a tough day um but we were adamant that we had to be wet and (laughs) a little bit of a tussle came out from that because um you know wardrobe who, who just want to do the best to help us stay warm and safe and healthy. <laughs> yeah. 
um, we're like, no, we can't have you wet. We don't have facility. We don't have the things to keep you dry throughout the day. We got nothing. So we're like, doesn't matter. We're getting wet. <laughs> so we literally, the three of us are in a little tent with water bottles. <laughs> and oh um, yeah, we're like, nah, we're not. That was our moment of revolt. Let's say, you know, we might have we might have let the truck go, but we didn't let that one go. I'm, I'm proud to say we fought to be so wet. How do you? How? Because you cannot give them that option in the edit. You can't CGI yeah. wetness. Right, exactly. As far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a direct cut. It was a direct cut from them literally dripping out of the river. Yeah. You could say a couple hours passed until they came over that hill. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it was all in all. Yeah. You, you, there are they're, they're little wins. At least we were wet. Yeah. Might not read even on camera, but we were. And we were freezing for a whole day. That's serious. <laughs> well, that commitment. definitely came across on camera. Yeah. So. Oh, I hope. It was okay. worth it. So I want to talk about the elephant in the room or the elephant that didn't make it into the room. Um, can we talk about the elephant the, that's only a the fourth, room floor? Yeah, the fourth, fourth time that poor Novin's history got cut out. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about what we would have seen and, and, and how that, you know, how that felt for you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I might, I mean, I don't know how fans see it or, or the audience see the story um, as one seamless Obviously, that's what, you know, what, what you don't know doesn't hurt you <laughs> kind of thing. For me, um, it, it was hard to watch back with knowing what was in then and now what's not. Um, so I don't know how much I want to <laughs> really touch on that big fat elephant. But, yeah, you were saying there was <laughs> it's been cut a few times. Um, <laughs> what it is, it's, it's, it's a line. It's a, it's a one particular line six words and it was in the audition piece and and I looking back I have to say it was a gift something that Jack gave me back then even as someone auditioning because it it I just understood the entire character from those six lines <laughs> six words sorry one line and it filled so much of my passion and love and dedication to this character because I thought yes to nail that this is what she needs to be this is off goes the hair, on come the muscles, <laughs> <laughs> things like that, you know, like really and truly it was inspiring to me. So there were, there were, there were various times it was written in. One was with Reynolds in season one and they're having this chit chat through a forest and it was done on second unit. And I, I didn't mean to be a naysayer back then, but I did say to everyone, like, let's just maybe have some lunch and enjoy the scenery because walkie-talkie scenes like this ain't going to make it in. I don't see they're going to be short on this step for this to make it in. And sure enough, it wasn't, and that was cool. Second time was, oh, with Wyatt um, in, in, in that shopping mall scene, mm -hmm. and there was a poignant little moment with them after, just a little um, hush after the firefight before they go off and before she jumps off with a bomb. Um, he, he's, you know, they're just sharing thoughts and she's talking about the mall and it's how it was a place that she always wanted, she always thought was like the be-all and end-all hmm. of places. Like I've always wanted to hang out in malls, you know. She comes from such a small country town that a place like the mall that they were in was like, well, super cool. 
yeah. <laughs> and that that was cut. And you know, I I, I was like, oh yeah, now I can understand. They're sitting there having a chit chat yet again. That's not going to make it. The third time was um, this season at the beginning with um, Lorik played by Maxim, who did a gorgeous job of, mm-hmm. my God, being Ariana's beautiful. Beautiful. Son, beautiful. Dude. I mean, son. <laughs> son how, how? Jack, who are you? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that story's heartbreaking. I, yeah. yeah. It's hard to read in the read-through, actually. Um, like just here. Yeah. I couldn't even Ivana when she was reading it. I was like, oh, it was devastating shocking. scene. Yeah, really shocking. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So they're in the um this post that meat packer scene. They go in and Nervin finds um Lauric there about to you know kill himself. And her way of appealing to him is to kind of open up a little bit and about herself. And one of the ways she does is just kind of yeah to talk about her history and to connect his experience with his father as she has had with hers in a way and kind of just appeal to him on a on a human level on a on a you're not the enemy I'm not you know we're just two human beings and she takes off a wig and that's how she starts talking and then <laughs> that gets cut and uh, I understand because there's a big firefight going on and we want to keep the action moving. And at the time, on the day, I was actually concerned that there was this halt because I, 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 I did, again, these are the little battles you win or lose, mm-hmm. but then I lost it in the edit again because I was like, we, it's a bit too, to just have a standstill chit-chat. Mm-hmm. I know the lighting's great, but maybe we should be crawling into, <laughs> I don't know, a little corner or w- walking, running or escaping or something. Um, so, that, again, that wasn't a surprise. Maybe mildly disappointing, not a surprise. Um, and Jack was like, that's it. It's got to be in mid-action, mid-uncuttable, uneditable, you know, action. And I thought, yeah, cool. And when I read it, I was really happy. I was really satisfied with that journey and the episode. And I feel like, yeah, the stakes were really lifted. And so you, th- this craziness about them stealing <laughs> millions of dollars and the bags going away and then it all being fake um it was you earned that it was hilarious yeah. to me when I read that like yes dickhead deserve this you know <laughs> <laughs> they, deserve, they deserve for it <laughs> to be honest uh, it really made me laugh it really I, I loved it um but yeah I have to say there the, yeah the scene is once they have jumped out of that explosion, which I have to say, I have to give big props to the stunt guys who did that boat um, jump because that was one of the closest uh, explosions. You know, um, they, we've done close, but, they, you know, that was them. That was Ellie, Damo and Ati, Attila. Yeah, and you watch it back. It's a tiny, minute little bodies you see, but they literally jumped out of that exploding boat. I mean, that that was... Huge. I think they were, they were all kind of, they were actually <laughs> stunned themselves that night. I had dinner with them and they were like, they were still kind of like, whoa, fuck, we just did that. <laughs> you know, it was, it was crazy. So we come out of the water and go through the woods. In my mind playing it, there's there's a history of, forget about the history of Noven, there's a history of the injury itself and how you, and the dynamic of how you play that over those scenes. And, of course, when she's in the boat, 
I didn't play the stakes so high. We kind of kept it light. It was more like a brotherly banter with, you know, oh, get your hands off me. What are you doing, you dickhead? You know, it was that kind of vibe about it. So I don't feel like the audience at that stage felt like anything was really going to happen. I don't know. I, I, maybe they do. I hope they do because that's the whole point, I think, of that, just to make, yeah. just to make you feel like she's dying here. This is, this is the end. That's definitely how it felt. <laughs> oh, okay, good. oh, well, good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it did. You know, and I guess coming up to the wood scene, I, I, I chose to – well, no, I didn't. I mean, it was written that way. She's, she, fall, she falls and – Jamie um, spent, you know, the conscious person that he is, diligent as anything. He went and obviously studied how to do the suturing on, on, on the prosthetics and everything, and he got it down to a T. And so he, in terms of the yeah, the history of the injury, whatever why it did work for a bit, but it's now getting dire, and she's actually losing blood in a big way, and so he's he's needing to stitch it up. But of course, you don't see this, right? And so I feel like that was a funny thing to lose because I was like, I would have never dropped if, if you were going to – I would have never dropped because why am I dropping <laughs> to then for him to just – because that whole entire scene gets cut and he just kind of – it cuts to the bit where he just says, all right, up you get, all good, you know, you're good. And so she just scrambles back up and you, I feel like you've lost that whole moment where she is literally getting sucked into – away she's getting you know and yeah. and and it's Coltrane who's standing over her slapping her over the head and saying you know wake up talk to me talk to me and she won't she's like oh what do you want me to talk about and Dan's white's in the other hole going talk to the boss tell the man tell the man your story tell him and she's like oh mate what you know and I'm I won't go through it all but she she basically opens up a little bit and they have, and he has the giggle and he's like well that doesn't surprise me a bit you know and and she this back to that one line six words that she calls on it becomes in, in previous scenes it was kind of like a tell sing song oh, this is what we used to sing. that moment it in that moment it became a war cry I feel for the character and she really called on those words um, to get her strength back and and to keep fighting one last and, and and you kind of miss the bit where she says just go 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 leave me here I'll I'll hold them back you guys go yeah, I feel like what a shame. I, I really do. I think I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know who makes these final final decisions. I, I don't think it's Jack because he would have it all in there. He's written it. He'd be the last person to want to. I don't, I don't know. And um, whoever you are, I'm coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you really don't. Everyone obviously has their point of view about it, and I and I take it in. I, I take a lot of it in, and um. But I think the net effect for me, it, it's still a loss. It's a big loss, and it is a big elephant. And I feel like for 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 the ending, you know, for a season finale, for for the journey of this character over three seasons, which no one really knows much about, and you don't really get that much more. But it's it's there's a lot there between the lines, and more than anything, more than anything, forget about Noven's storyline or whatever. It's the relationship between her and Coltrane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this not only their teammates, but he is he is a father figure exactly, that she yeah. had in that way. You know, someone who really believed in her, who really knew her, who knew her motivations and really understood her. You know, she's completely indebted to him as a character in that way. Like she she would do the she would she would do anything for him at this point. You know, and so when he he saves her life, let's say in my mind in that in that moment. 
So then when you cut to that scene at the end, I feel like, again, you've not only have you cut that scene out, but you take out that layer between those two characters when they say, you know, when she just shakes his hand and grabs it and says, you know, stay loose and all the whatever I managed on the day to say, <laughs> what are you, um, you know, just farewell the guy who saved your life, who you yeah. would actually do anything for. I feel like I wish if, if the audience had seen that moment before, that that moment when they part would have been so much more poignant. I yeah. think it would have been like, oh, man. Because I did, I played it. For me, it was a heartache to leave him. It was. It, it's a cool scene, though. I, I do... I mean, endings are hard and yeah. all props to Jack, you know, man, he, he, he's absolutely not this whole season out of the park. And um, the, it, it's, a, it's a hard ending. To, it's hard to, you don't want a complete resolution, but you need something that you need to feel satisfied. Something's closed. I feel like I wish we tied up the thing with Coltrane a bit better for me. Again, like you said, <laughs> if you don't know, you don't know. But um, yeah, it, it, there's a layer missing because in that, in, in, that scene's all about who's going to say yes, <laughs> almost. It's mm-hmm. like, is he going to say yes? If I say yes, then he'll have to say yes. When he doesn't want to say yes, he wants to. He wants out. So I should maybe stay. Maybe I shouldn't say no. But if I say yes, then he'll say, you know. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the, and then in the end, they feel like they're doing the adult, sensible thing and they walk away. But you know it's not really finished. You know that. Yeah. Well, you know that if something happened, one call and they'd be in. They'd right. be back in there. If he did go after the Boko Haram wishes um, <laughs> and he was stuck, you know, nobody would be coming after him. I'm not sure why it would too. You know, it, so it's an ending ending in that sense. Like It's not like, no, nah, that's it, we're done. I think you get that, but I, I just feel like that air of the way she holds his hand and says, you know, thank you. That's a thank you. That's like you saved my life, man, in, in more ways than one. You gave me a reason to keep wanting to live in more ways than one. And for me, that is such a loss knowing that that was in there but y'all don't know that so <laughs> don't ride that no. elephant we do now <laughs> <laughs> and i, I, I know i right. wanted... it would have mattered yeah uh... because that whole sense of saving her started last season you know where mm. he where she thought that's it i'm getting a court martial i'm out mm. and he started saving her from that point on and they yeah. had such a great relationship you know he really yeah you know he was he her brings father her back. yeah yeah and, and she feels very safe with him and that's why she right. does and says the things she does around him because she ultimately feels completely safe there is really there's very there's boundaries there for, with him and she knows what to expect from him and so so she can say and and you know so, yeah, within those boundaries, she feels like she knows how far to step out of them to be able to, you know, come back and how far to poke. About Zarkova, it never ends, you know. It never ends. You know? The whole postcard thing. You know what's funny? I had a... <laughs> yeah, we really need to hear what some of those alternatives were that she was going to say. Come on. And, and Verona brought it up, so we uh-huh. have to know what those were. Come on, let it fly. You know you want to. <laughs> oh, God, no, I can't. I need V around me because she's like my so funny uh, dynamic on set. You know, she's like my little guardian angel, mother nature woman. She, <laughs> she's like she's like the one that's like, you know, because I, I kind of carry on like Nova and when 
and the cameras stop. I just carry on like that as soon as I walk on set. I need to. I feel I need to just kind of keep that fresh and that energy and her vibe rolling. Um, as soon as I, if I step into me, <laughs> you're not gonna, you won't get half. <laughs> You know, obviously, you know, I mean, I'm not, yeah. So for me to come out with ad-libs and silly, silly things like that, I need to just carry on. And um, Virata's always there and has always been there to, <laughs> yeah, keep me at bay and protect me from going too far perhaps. But it, it's always nice. And, again, it, uh, I was talking about that boundary thing. I feel like having her there makes me want to be that petulant little annoying brat <laughs> And this, oh yeah, and this, oh, what about this? Oh yeah, and that too. <laughs> she's always like, she, she, she didn't, she didn't, she didn't mean that. She, she really, she's always like speaking for me. And it's funny because you know the crew, they know me from other scenes. They know I, I banter like that with them, and yeah, yeah. And and she's always, I, I just love the way she would jump to protect both everyone. She's like, she didn't mean to say that. Um, she's really not like that. <laughs> What she actually means is, I'm very sorry, I won't put my cup there again. <laughs> you know, that's, that's my beautiful V. She was, and, and, and it's funny, and I miss, I miss being able to misbehave, having someone like that so I can just misbehave. I, I can't do that in my I have to be the mother that I am. <laughs> and, you know, off, on the weekends, you know, when, when we're not on a strike back set, it, it's, the dynamic completely changes, and suddenly I feel like she's my third oldest child that I've never I never had <laughs> you know she's my, she's my eldest or something and I feel like I just have to I want to protect her I want to you know take her out yeah. for ice creams and you know get her a nice little juice and you know <laughs> it makes sure yeah so it, it's 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 really bizarre our, our, our relationship is quite quite dynamic and quite unique yeah I think it's I, I love her I, I, I really miss her um, she, she's wonderful. That was she a is. that was a, a really roundabout way to avoid the question, though. Avoid so we're just going to bring the question right back, which was, was uh, "Give us the shit." You got to tell us what what that's. A, they, she said that was the tamest thing you said. You tried to avoid the question, but we're not going to let you. Oh dear! Look, it's I won't. I can't. I just can't. Maybe I can't. It's so bad. I mean, I might have said "suck my dick, Zach over." I, I think that was probably the tamest. I feel like we've right. heard that. <laughs> that wouldn't be surprising. That's what I mean. That was probably on the tame side. It went, it went further. It went to other maybe female um, genitalia parts. Um, it, it, it was uh, – <laughs> there was a lot of um, sucking references to other body parts maybe, but not always female ones. Well, it is on Cinemax over here, so it would have fit right in. So. Well, they, I mean, they, they, they – I don't know. They went with – what did they do? Postcard. That's what. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jack was like, "Hey, you might have called it out." And he says something like, uh, uh, "Send me a postcard." I was like, "What? How did he go from that to postcard?" <laughs> it just became this whole. It's a postcard became a bit of a gag, and it became um, code for something else in my mind. So later on, when I asked Jack, when I asked, "Oh, did you ask about my postcard?" It's obviously not about her postcard, um, but. People Which obviously. The look on his face when you're like, that's so no postcard. <laughs> he just has that like really intense look on his face when he looks at you like, 
which is funny, but it's even funnier now. So it's yeah, you know, I guess it's. And I did have someone write into me, and and they say, why? I really please. I really want to know why, after knowing that she risked so much of her, you know, risked her life to save you, why did you ask her about the postcard? Yeah, I now they know. Yeah, <laughs> and it broke my heart. And I thought, I guess not everyone gets that silly humor and that kind of sarcastic, you know. <laughs> and uh, maybe it was a bit. It wasn't on the nose enough. And I thought, oh yeah, my postcard is code for so much. <laughs> it's not about no. the funny. No, it was funny. Some people you. have a problem with humor. Yeah, with you know, with humor. I mean, and plus, and. Let's be real. We looked through the, the you, you posted on Instagram asking if anybody had questions, and we, we read through the questions, and we were like, or not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Were, were they the ones that the guy wanted to know if Mac was coming? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we, we had posted on, on Twitter, we're going to talk to Dan and Warren, and we have questions, and one guy wrote, is McAllister coming back? And I was Which like, What? <laughs> Is he coming back for the series that doesn't exist? What the fuck? He's dead. Like, <laughs> I know. I, I think, you know, ever since this show got announced, you know, got announced that it was a final season, I think that's what's clouded so many people's thoughts and, and feelings about the show. And it's a bit of a shame, I think. Well, back then, you know, I mean, now obviously they know. Back then when it got announced, um, I was a bit disappointed, to be honest. Yeah, I, I felt like you didn't have to say it was a final then. We just got announced that we were going again. Yeah. Let's just ride that way for a little bit. I mean, it's a huge achievement and a huge, you know, thing to celebrate with all the cast and crew. That moment to be like, yay, guys, we did it. It's because of you all we're going again. But no, it was like, it's going again, but it's the last one. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And so people just held on to the last one. And so all you ever got bombarded with was no so even before we started shooting it was already over in people's minds and that's kind of a feeling that was like and 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 it was an extra layer of like slug that we really could have you know not had to have (laughs) because on on top of that no matter what people felt and their disappointment that it was the last you still had to kill it and make it like it wasn't like it was going to be the best thing everyone aims to do every season like it's going to be the best and that in that in itself is already a pressure so yeah poor Jack I mean he would have shouldered all of that as well um knowing you know knowing it's the last season it's like how am I going to wrap this so um phenomenal job phenomenal absolutely it it really is and and a shout out to Nula, sorry, as well. Being, mm-hmm. Having, you know, it was on. Oh, it's not. It's, okay, we're rebooting it. We're bringing in a whole new cast, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And now we're canceling it for a year. And now we're bringing it back. You know, it's like you don't really know who to trust whether it's really the end or not anymore. Oh, with, maybe, maybe that's you know, the like, okay. I don't know. But it's, it could have you know, been announced that it was the last when they, I don't know, as, as late it, as possible. Exactly. Not just let, going. Yeah. Just, just let people actually enjoy it and and hope. Right. Hope is everything, right? <laughs> you yeah. think that's something. Yeah. You know. So it, it was. It was a real. It was a real burden for um for us. Mm-hmm. I think cast. I think everyone would agree that it was like, well, we have. Everyone else thinks it's the end, and and a lot of yeah, 
uh, you know, a lot of key crew moved on as well. And it, it, it's a natural career choice. You think, well, should I go on the show that's going to die or should I go and start yeah. on a show that, you know, and so you can understand those decisions. Uh, but it, it left, it left, yeah, it left a mark on us in, in that mm-hmm. way. But, but you know, it, it doesn't matter. We, we have to keep fighting. But, but obviously, even, even, even now, like when you announce anything, this app, this app, see, you know, it's like, it's the end, it's the end, it's the mm-hmm. end. And it's like, yeah, we know it. So I feel like it was the end before we started. And that was tough, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine. <laughs> I, I still yeah. don't understand. I mean, I you know, I don't, I don't. Obviously, I'm not in the industry, you know, in the in the offices and stuff. But to me, Cinemax is they do action different than anybody else on TV. Mm. And Strike Back got so good, and it feels like HBO. And I know Sky mm. from talking to Jack just didn't give. It, the advertising, the the attention that I think that it that it should have, um, you know, I, when Warrior yeah. came out, which we enjoy Warrior, like talking mm. to people, you know, people would have heard of it. Nobody's mm. ever heard of Strike Back, and it's like insane to me. And and I think about you know, one of the things that I always <clears throat> just fucking drives me crazy is that that Warner um, last year, and yeah. and how it should have been everywhere people should have been writing about it and it should have been articles about yeah. it and, you know yeah. videos of it getting passed around the internet because it was so different and outstanding and and it's like crickets and i just don't understand that or they'll say what movie is this yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well, and it's well, we... just it's you know strike back put cinematic action on the map you know, it yep. set the bar yep. for everything that Cinemax did yeah. after this. You know, it was the original, original mm-hmm. for Cinemax. Mm-hmm. It set the bar. It set the tone. It's the reason that Cinemax is so good at action. And it isn't, you know, Cinemax, it's left bank. A lot of their shows are coming from left bank. And so it was that, you know. The, and they the do huge shows. Oh, you know, yeah, huge shows. Around, I mean. Yeah. And then these bizarre decisions mm-hmm. to like, oh, we're not going to do action anymore. Yeah, we're not going to do originals anymore. What? Yeah. Right. And then to just completely I mean, shut the whole thing down. Like, what are you thinking? Like, decisions that just made no sense and strike back. You know, it had, from the reboot on, never had the support that it that it should have had. And even though you guys, you know, you got better and better and better and better and still nothing like, man, they should have just been, you know, after last season and then even better this season. But, you know, especially when there was motivation to even get so good this season, knowing (laughs) it's the last season, whatever. And yet yeah, you still we went out there and raised things. the bar. Yeah, in the no. you know? It was an easy one to call in. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, we've now, you know, we've, we can just ride at home now. Not, not one second did anyone ever do that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's obvious that you yeah. know, we're all different. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not anyone to, I'm not a great example because I generally live under a, a rock when it comes to shows and stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> weird. <laughs> 
but I actually didn't know about Strike Back either when I first got the audition, you know, and it was only when I had the links and I looked up on, you know, YouTube and I was like, what the hell? How the hell do I not know about the show? This is amazing. This is the exact kind of action that I love. Like, you know, minimal CGI, grit, rough, real, real, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that to me was like, yeah. I have to say, yeah, I, I, I hadn't, I hadn't heard of it either. And but that's not saying much, <laughs> knowing me. But but yeah, I mean, they, I, I don't know, I don't know what the because it is aired in a, in quite a, a lot of regions around the world. I, mm-hmm. I don't know why it doesn't. And people kind of yeah tune in afterwards a lot. Yeah, and yeah. Up. And that is often the reaction. How did I not know? Huh. Oh my God, I just discovered this show. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It started like 10 years ago, but <laughs> and this is the last yeah. season, but I, great. Nice to have you on board. <laughs> well, like you would know first. We've been then. talking about this for 10 years. <laughs> oh, bless, bless you. <laughs> but what a season to go out on. I mean, it really was just incredible. And so many things that hadn't been done before and, approaches that hadn't been taken before and you know like every time you think bill eagles can't top himself he sets the bar even higher and yeah like the man's unstoppable he i mean you know that whole sequence in the gorge was you know all hands on deck like every department every possible unimaginable department that you, you they called in obviously extra as well um for marine specialists and, and and boat stunt specialists everything everyone was all hands on deck and even us I mean it was the first time we were like um just given free reign with all these um rounds and and mag clips and go go just shoot <laughs> just shoot it out and like what with no one supervising us on the free open water <laughs> What? <laughs> you know, I mean, they were always there on a on a safety boat, following quite mm-hmm. a way back. That um, all the crew were on that. It, it was an it was an extraordinary experience. That whole sequence and and real helicopters in in the scene, doing those actual swirly, burly stunts through the water and and those little <laughs> helicoptery things, <laughs> swirly burly. That feels very Australian. <laughs> It was everything was happening, you know, the SFX, those explosions, they were all real. We were really in the water and we were passing through while all that was happening. It was, it was a it's massive gorgeous. setup. Sorry. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it, it was truly, it was a, it was a um, logistical, huge, huge, you know, to, to coordinate those stunt soldiers who would be coming in from the other side of the river and it was, and I think there's probably four cameras that day um, big, you know and, and the GoPros and all of it there's just cameras everywhere it was very it was and to capture the moments that they still need to needed to for story yeah it was it was it was hard it was it was it was tough it, it required the best of everyone's attention shout out to our incredible first AD2 James <laughs> Emmett who you know these guys they often don't get much mentioned, but they, they are so key into how things run on a day like that. And it, it all kind of dies and lives on, you know, the efficiencies that they can conjure up on the day and, and manage. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it was a mammoth, mammoth day. And so I'm so proud to have been a part of that sequence. 
I haven't seen the film, but you know Margot Robbie when she did that film, all that, all female, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but I heard a lot of press mm-hmm. around it about how it's all female, and I I I understand exactly why and she would do that, you know, and she's in a position to do that, and and all power to her for doing that because these are the things that no matter who, and, and she's someone who would you know being beautiful blonde, she would always have that treatment anyway. And for her to still feel that way just speaks to so much the issues that are just so yeah. much deeper than that, you know. It's a good movie, um, by the way, just so you Yeah, no. And it is really, you can tell a difference. One, her costume from Suicide Squad to that is like, oh, you can still be sexy and Harley, Harley Quinn, but like, you know, be covered more, not have booty shorts. But the fight scenes are so cool. And the way the work with the music, and the different, like, it's just, you can tell it's different, you know? The way yeah, these women were allowed it, yeah. to use their bodies and the way she's, you know, the mm-hmm. way she fights and the way, the way the music, like, I feel like music is so key on so many fight scenes, but this, they, I, I remember reading something about, they were talking about, they actually played the music while they were doing it so that the women mm-hmm. could like feel it and they said mm-hmm. it and and the difference it makes in watching the way they move because they were kind of given that freedom to like as opposed to it being sort of this rigid thing or put in afterwards or you know just behind the action but where it's like boom boom you know just like it's really it's yeah really cool. yeah music is is something I do use as well in in, in training it in in um Obviously, you can't do it on the day or the actual sequence you're filming, but um, it's it's something that it just it just helps you loosen up. It helps mm-hmm. you go out of your thinking and and just move and move into flow. Yeah, we we worked. What I really pre, you know the the our stunt team they are. I, mean, I always go on about them, but they are exceptional. You know, for them to be able to come up with not just the 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 fights that, that tell the story, but also the, the style of fights for each character and how, mm. how that character would move. I know, I know that's probably their job, but it's, it's tough, you know. Um, there are a lot, of, a lot of things to kind of put into consideration when designing a fight. And um, for me, one request personally I had was I just want it messy as fuck, everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want it... Because as soon as it's choreographed, as soon as it's, you know, perfect misses, perfect hits, perfect um, reactions to a hit, you know, it, it's it's like, yeah, you know, it, what keeps you scared is when it, it looks really messy. But that's also really dangerous to rehearse, uh, you know, because, <laughs> yeah, you almost need more time to make it look more messy. And obviously, yeah, we don't have that. And I, I guess I just rely on the safety and people around me and the boundaries that I can work with to make it look messy <laughs> because I feel like that's her, you know, for someone like Nova who's short, I, what I hate is people to watch it and go, oh, how, how would she do that? Come on. You know, <laughs> I never, I never want to give that, I never, that feeling to fans watching it. And, and my test, my litmus test on each fight scene is, all right, can Ellie do it? Can she actually ball that guy over? Can she, um, you know, whack that in her, you know, and she does and she she can and she does it. She, she's one of the um, 
stunt the lead the team leaders and, and watching her take take these stuntmen who get flown in from all over Europe and and watching her stand over them going no like this you you should see I can't speak enough of this woman um, Elitsa you know Rehiva she is just I don't know I've said it before she is such she's been um, a huge inspiration for Novan for the character of Novan you know I, I only really felt like I, I had my grounding when I saw I met her and I saw the way she moved and the way she she spoke and held herself I was like yeah that's it that's <laughs> that's where you know this character lives and so yeah I'd be like if, if Ellie can't do it if I can't actually see her physically doing that then I don't want I don't want it in the, in the fight scene <laughs> believe me she she does it she does all of it <laughs> She does all those things and she shows me, she goes, you want to see it? You want to see it? Or, or, I mean, so many times I'll be like, oh, man, that, that's that's lame. That'll never work. And, and Thomas was like, you want me to show you? And he literally comes up to me and does it. I'm like, okay, 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 it does work. I'll do it. <laughs> I really, I really, really miss them. You, you just become, you go through things you just wouldn't in any normal walk of life with those people, you know. You put your life at in their hands in a way and, and then you see them do the same for you for your character mm -hmm. to make you know in, in the casino it is mostly Novin I mean as you see but the bit where she jumps off the balcony itself the actual jump mm -hmm. down I mean yeah the stunt is into some boxes but it's still a decent height and you still got to time and know how to how fast to jump over it and land mm -hmm. on the tables around the boxes <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's 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 a dangerous, dangerous stunt, and I, I I'm three seasons in, I know better what I am capable of and what, you know, I, I no longer protest as much about what I should and shouldn't be allowed to do. I still feel like I get away with way more than I would probably on any other job, but you know, it, it was it was an awesome day to see her shine like that, and also just to see her suddenly when she has to perform, what because she's always my you know, oh, do, you know, get in there, do it, better, no, hard. <laughs> and, and I could see like how she had to weigh in that nervous energy because she knows this thing's coming up and it was very different. And, and I felt like we were kind of walking the same line that day, supporting each other as true partners, you know? Yeah. Um, she's, she's awesome. Well, we were talking about music <laughs> and how awesome, and how awesome is Scott Shields, our music yeah, yeah. composer? the show and Paul Sanderson they, they, they they're they're amazing you know we had a blast talking with them last season yeah they were yeah good fun <laughs> drunk, but... <laughs> that's one way to do a podcast Damn. yeah oh you didn't know we were drunk right now <laughs> we we need an addition we need an um, all in with Alin edition, getting way pissed on margaritas. We need like a reunion with you and Barada, and we'll all get drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. God, you probably be able. To, the only part you'll make it in. And today's <laughs> podcast is that. That's probably as far as you'll make it. Um, <laughs> We're talking about postcards a lot. <laughs> but yeah. What a way to, yeah, what a way to, what a way it's done, it's finished. It's, um, 
My last scene was, um, it's always nice when your last scene is one of the last scenes on the last day as well, so you can be there. Nothing worse than when your last scene. Hasn't happened, actually. Most times I've been there on that last day, every time, actually. Mate, I even got called back. <laughs> the first season, we'd wrapped, everyone left, and I still had to come back a week later and finish off, um, redo it, uh, this whole uh... scene with um, Donovan. Um, so that was the last scene ever shot of that season. This scene, my last scene was um, when she's in the computer room and she breaks the guy's neck and tries to do a Chetri thing but gives up and throws a coffee <laughs> into <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, Chetri didn't – she had tried but she didn't teach her enough to get by in life. In in the Chetri computer girl guy way. I know. I know. Here's the Chetri. <laughs> Is to church. Is, oh, yeah. So it, it was an incredible season. And, you know, from day one, Novin has been a fan favorite for this version of the show. And we always wrap with the Philip question, the Philip Winchester question. Kelsey's going to cry. Oh, Elsie. Oh, I finally <laughs> stopped crying and now I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, you guys. Oh. Uh, Look, are you listening? If you're listening, just if you can't see, hear what you've done. She's crying. She's no, I'm crying because it's I'm. It's all yeah. I'm just. It's sad. It's over. And and our excuse to talk to you. (laughs) No, I just. It's it's sorry. I uh, we need to wrap your podcast. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just feeling like you know. I just it's uh. It's been such a privilege, and it's hard to it's hard for it to say goodbye. And therein is the the lowest point, the the, the lows, if you want to call it. I think everyone would say it's saying goodbye. It's saying goodbye to. I don't think I. <laughs> you're gonna get me crying. I don't think I've actually said goodbye. Goodbye. Maybe again, I, I went into this survival default mechanism <laughs> about getting through it. And I, knowing that it was the last time, and maybe I, every season you learn better and you, and you approach things better. You hope um, this season, I think, knowing that it was the last, I, I feel like I, I I was a bit more guarded emotionally. Um, I went in there going, no, nah, I'm not going to talk to that person. I don't want to. I don't want my heart ripped out when I have to say goodbye. <laughs> you know, and and that was the kind of thing that I. That was almost my mantra at the start of it, but it, it, it just doesn't happen that way. And you do, you 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 form bonds and, and relationships with with people, everyone, everyone, the whole Strike Back family throughout your time on there. Uh, and I, I have to say, I don't think I've put it to bed in that sense yet. I haven't said goodbye, goodbye to it. I haven't gone to that emotional place of saying goodbye to it yet. Um, because you still have you still have a lot to deal with once the show's done. You're still doing the ADR for it. You're still in that room seeing all the faces going. <laughs> you still have to be that character for a little bit longer for a few months once it's then it airs, and then you you got to relive it again through through help you know with the help of pushing the show and and um, and it doesn't help when it's so scattered. I wish everything was all at once, you know, um, aired at all at the same time. But you feel like you, you I haven't been able to put it to bed in in that way so I, I I'm I'm dreading that emotional place to be in because I've been there you know in previous seasons 
and it's yeah it's it's a wreck it's a wreck, wrecking ball effect on any human heart <laughs> so that is definitely alone saying saying goodbye and also the high is yeah what, what what you take from it and often if i honestly think about it even the lowest moments the worst darkest darkest moments you can look back on because you survived it because you 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 went through it it, it you, you can hold it as a high in a way if that makes sense because you conquered it you know <laughs> and not just you but just the memory of um <laughs> uh, I'm gonna cry the people that were there you know that helped you through it and and <laughs> There, there are so many. There are countless, countless people who, 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 who did that. And you know, my most, the recent one, the most recent one, if I think about this season of Strike Back, was um, I'd have, I have to give a huge shout out to Sean Killings, who our makeup supervisor and um, designer, and on the show, I, I, I fucking passed out in a chair, didn't I? <laughs> and um, you know, I, I literally, I've never fainted before, but that day. You know, it was just a lot, a lot, and my, I had just gone through so much. My, my my girls had gone back to Australia, and two weeks in, I had another week to go, and it was a lot to um, emotionally, physically, spiritually. I was depleted, and I don't know what happened, but I, I fainted, and she was right there, and and you know, the medics came, and and got me through it with a couple of couple of shots <laughs> of adrenaline or whatever it was they put in my ass. Not in my, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but um, so it, <laughs> you look back on those moments and you're like, wow, you know, I haven't even been able to, well, I have now, but it took me a while to even sit down to 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 to, to write an email to Sean to, to tell her how much, you know, she means to me. Um, and hearing her on your podcast was like the best thing ever, just to hear her voice. You know, these are people you see every day, day every, the, first, the first point of call, you know, and, they set up so much of how you can walk out with and and Sean, just unrelenting energy of, you know, calm and generous, you know, and there and there are so many, so many. I, I could sit here for another three sessions and name every single one of them. But um, yeah, so it is that it is that the the lows, yeah. The lows become highs. In, in hindsight and with those tinted glasses. <laughs> and I think, I think that's why, um, what a great question by the legend himself <laughs> to ask, because it, it made me really yeah, come to appreciate that. Thanks and tune in next week for another Need to Know session at the Crib. Follow us on Twitter at Strike Back Crib. Out. Out.